Hey, this is your name, your name, your name. And uh, they say it ain't easy. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the latest edition of the Ain't Easy Being Green podcast, broadcasting to you live from beautiful, amazing, picturesque Crystal Lake Studios in Westchester County, New York. My name's Keith Farrell. I'm joined, as always, by the number one Jet fan in the state of Texas, none other than my colleague and co-host, Michael Garris, everybody. Hey, Jet fans, what's going on? Michael, welcome to the show. You know him, you love him. The greatest tight end in college football history. The big Wook is in the building. Wookie, what's going on? Do we lose the... Oh, there he is. I mean, Wook just might... Oh, he got it on mute. He got it on mute. That's why he tried to bring the heat. That's the best part, guys. If you're listening right now on SoundCloud, Wookie's trying. <laughs> My fat fingers missed it twice. My bad. What's going on, everybody? It's all good. We'll call it Wookie. You got those, when you got those big Wookie mitts, it's hard to hit those little mute buttons. You know what I'm saying? When you got those big old paws like you got. And also join us, the fourth member of the quartet here, number one high school football coach in the nation today, my cousin, Samuel Harris. Sammy, what's going on, man? It's, don't tell me this guy's on mute, too. Don't tell me we're train records. Oh, no, he froze. That, that's fine. Freezing's fine. Freezing's fine as long as we're speaking into microphones, guys. We're starting off hot here, everybody. I just want to let you know, starting off real hot, obviously, coming in, coming in steaming this week. The EBG crew. Another week of kind of waiting around to see what's going on with Aaron Rodgers. No movement. No stories leaking out. Nothing happening here. We're Aaron Rodgers, guys. Last week, a lot of hype. All excited. Jet Nation excited. The world excited. Tweets everywhere. We did a show about it. I mean, we we just dove right into that hyperbole as much as humanly possible last week. That's what you got to do here. That's what you got to do when you're popping out podcasts in February, guys. And still trying to talk Jets. Uh, and nothing's happened the past week, Mike. I think, and we're going to move on to other subjects. Elijah Moore, we got to talk about, guys. NFL free agents. Uh, McCall Hardman. We're going to get into all that, guys, in a sec. Just touch on this real quick, Mike, and we'll move on. Nothing going on with the Aaron Rodgers situation, and it kind of seems like even though nothing's going on with him specifically, it does seem like the squad is still making movements to clear space and to get ready for the eventual arrival of Aaron Rodgers. Is that not right, Mike? Yeah, Joe Douglas is continuing to wheel and deal. We saw a couple of moves over the past couple of days. Uh, today, he re-signed Ty Johnson, which I really wasn't that excited about, but there has been some discussion about bringing in a veteran running back. One name that got brought up today was Ezekiel Elliott. I'm not sure how I really feel about that, but Joe Douglas is continuing to, you know, prepare for the arrival of Aaron Rodgers. Um, some moves of note that I know that we're going to de- dig deeper into is the fact that uh, Miko Hardman, the Super Bowl winning wide receiver on the Kansas City Chiefs, the one who was supposed to take over for Tyre for uh, Hill, um, was we picked up on a one year deal. Now, there had been some speculation into that he was going to be the replacement for uh, Braxton Berrios. Um, there was others even thinking that 
he would end up take, replacing Elijah Moore. Well, so funny that right after that transaction, we ended up trading Elijah Moore for a second round pick and uh, a third, essentially. So we swapped second and thirds and then uh, um, uh, traded Elijah Moore. So that's not, you know, too bad, I would say. I mean, um, you know, we got the pit number 42, 43 pick. I don't know. I really kind of wanted to see Elijah Moore and what he was going to do with yeah. Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I was excited to see what, because I loved what I saw in the rookie season. However, I was taken back by his attitude. Even I understand it was a terrible situation, but you've got to be better than that, especially being a number two, the second round pick at a position like that. Um, so I understand why JD made the move. I think, you know, he's trying to get not just the most talented team, but the most well-rounded team from a locker room perspective uh for next season so i haven't heard what your thoughts were on those two moves i understand cardman there's more depth there uh there's speed he could play on special teams i'm sure he could be a contributor in that space um but i do i'm how i feel about the whole second round pick I think that Joe Douglas made that pick outside of the Rodgers decision. I think he did it because he saw the value and um, positioned the Jets well to, to make moves and be nimble in the draft. So I'm not I'm not saying I'm a fan. I understand why he did it. I It's just disappointing that we didn't get to see Elijah grow. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of how I look at it also. And I'm going to ask Sammy this question in a second. But just, Mike, I want to say the Jets drafted Elijah Moore with the 34th pick in the draft in 2021. And they just received the 42nd pick in this draft. So when you look at players and you look at value, they basically got back. And so far as draft pick-wise, basically equal compensation for where they selected him. Um, I think his stock did go down a little bit last year. The problems with the coaches... Um, man, that, that just that's a red flag just considering where he's at in his career. And we chronicled this during the season. We spoke about it during the season, guys. Um, when you're complaining the way he was while we're winning, that's only three and one. You know, we play the game versus the Steelers, and our boy comes in, Zach Wilson, and he doesn't get a lot of targets, and he's complaining. I don't know. That's that's always a red flag, you, you know? And like I've decoded, Moore did seem to have a lot of drama in the locker room. Mike mentioned it talking about chemistry. Now, let me ask you, Sammy. I'll get back to my point in a second. When I saw the Jets gave up a third and gave up Elijah Moore to get the 42nd, initially, Sammy, my knee jerk was, man, I don't know if I'm feeling this trade. Just because of what Michael mentioned, and that's, I, God, he seemed like a pain in the ass, Elijah Moore. He seemed a little bit immature, don't get me wrong. But the talent seemed like it was there. And I don't know, man, it seemed like I would have been nice to see him with Rodgers. We're not going to see that now. We'll get into Hardman in a minute. It doesn't seem like he's really that much of a downgrade Hardman. We're going to get into some of his stats. What was your initial reaction, Sammy, when you saw that? Were you a little surprised they shipped Elijah Moore out, or did you kind of see this coming? You're on mute. Sammy's either on mute or we can't hear him. We'll go back to Sammy in a second while you figure out the audio. Yeah, there you go. There you go, Sam. You're back. You're back in the mix. Um, my bad, everybody. All good. Uh, so, I, you know, initially I was really kind of taken aback. I didn't understand. I thought clearing out Barrios would free up more, and we see what we did. You know, having Lazard on one side, Wilson on the other, and more in the middle in the slot. Um, but 
I think the only way it really makes sense is if they're going to use both those second round picks in a package for Rodgers. And then, like, as that, I read that on a, a couple Twitter feeds, and as that sort of came out, um, I was like, all right, that makes sense. Like, if you don't want to give up the 13th pick, you need a little bit more ammunition. Having those two picks so close to each other in the second round might give you trade value-wise. Um, you know, I don't know how they measure those things and what's valued more or not, but I think getting those two picks right next to each other might be valuable to a team like Green Bay. Maybe they like two guys right at that end of the first round, beginning of the second. So um, as the week went on, it made a little bit more sense, but initially definitely surprised. Yeah, I mean, I was surprised too. And I know a lot of Jet fans are kind of mixed up. Like Matthias just said, I think Moore did kind of rub Jet fans Jet Nation, the coaches, a lot of people the wrong way, which is kind of the way he went about voicing his displeasure. I think all these receivers want targets, guys. All these guys want targets, right? We all we know that, but how you go about handling your business as a professional kind of will change the perception of the fan base and the way he went about it, I think, really did piss a lot of fans off. We'll see what happens still here with Corey Davis. But um, like I said, Moore was the 34th pick. We got back the 42nd pick. He's 5'10", 178. Harbin's 5'10", 187, 190. Harbin's out there running the 4'3". Elijah Moore's really fast, too. It's not like Harbin's slower. Elijah uh, Harbin's running the 4'3", 40 guys. And last year, you look, I mean, down the stretch, he wasn't really thrown to that often. Moore, he had a stretch in the middle of the season where he only had one reception. I'm not even blaming Elijah Moore for that. I'm not even saying he's not talented. The Jets quarterbacks, for the lack thereof, obviously played into um, his lack of stats, targets, etc., but... When you look at what we were able to do, now Elijah Moore gets shipped out. We get the second round pick in here. We signed McCall Harmon for the one-year deal, guys. And when you go through McCall Harmon, kind of his career there with the Chiefs, he was, you know, for three years in a row, if you look, he had more receptions every year. His yards increased before last season. He only played eight games last season. So he was hurt last season. But, you know, before last year, his receptions went up, his yards went up. Um, he was an ascending player. Even his catch percentage, guys. You look at the catch percentage, it, went, it, it kept going up every single year as well. And then last year, he only plays the eight games. But if you prorate his season last year, he's over 600 yards. He's eight or nine touchdowns last year. Someone that, at least in the NFL so far, has produced at a higher level than Elijah Moore. Now, look, his quarterback's Patrick Mahomes. That's helpful. I understand that. Elijah Moore is running out with Zach Wilson back there. I'm not even comparing those. We're not even going to talk about Zach Wilson and Mahomes in the same breath probably ever again in the history of the show. But... When you look at what Harbin was able to do, Mike, toward the down the stretch last year, now he played eight games, Mike. The first two games last year, he had six catches, 60 yards. Okay, pretty, pretty pedestrian. The next two games, only two targets. So through four games, he's kind of struggling. And then his last four games last year, the Chiefs kind of switched the offense up, targeted him more, targeted him more. He had 22 catches, 222 yards. Pretty much the entire chunk of his season was over that four-game stretch. He was playing great before he got hurt. Came back for a little bit in the playoffs. I don't know. Um, Elijah Moore, a little higher draft stock than a McCall Harbin. Harbin was drafted in the 50s. Elijah Moore, 34. But a lot of the intangibles, Mike, when it comes to the speed and the, and the shiftiness, I think they're similar players. Maybe Elijah Moore has better hands. But McCall Harbin has not been an issue in Kansas City. That's one, one attribute he has that Moore doesn't have. And I don't think there's a big drop-off here, Mike, from what they're going to ask what they would have been asking more to do this season and maybe what they're going to ask Harbin to do. Now, there might be some more changes to come. Maybe, you know, Del Beckham, Mike, we'll see how that goes. But so far as those two players, do you feel like there's a big gap, Mike, between an Elijah Moore and a McCall Harbin? Well, I look at what Elijah Moore did for us last season, and he really didn't do much. Um, when I look at 
mystical uh, Hardman. Obviously, he was a championship Super Bowl winning wide receiver. We already know that. I mean, the Kansas City offense, that team is uncomparable to what the Jets were last season. However, um, I feel like Miko Hardman will bring more value on the special team side. We lost Smith. Smith was our special team ace. I think this kind of changes that and also gives us another weapon that um, our offensive can use jet sweeps, deep threats, because he's very speedy. He's not, again, the greatest uh, route technician. However, I think he has attributes that will uh, provide value to this offense. I think the offense is just going to change, guys. Um, We did get Alan Lazard, that big basketball body that we have not had in the red zone that Aaron Rodgers obviously had at Green Bay and is very familiar with Nathaniel Hackett's offensive scheme. We have Garrett Wilson, who, in my opinion, Keith and Wookie and 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 Sammy is going to be the next Justin Jefferson type wide receiver. I believe that I'm not trying to be a, a Jet fan. I'm being a football fan and a football person that saw a rookie quarterback with the worst a rookie receiver with the worst quarterback situation get 1,100 yards. You go give him a Hall of Fame quarterback, that dude's going to be near in 2,000, bro. That's how I feel about it. Okay? That's our ace. Yeah. Uh, okay? So, so um, and then you get an OBJ if they decide to do that. And we'll talk about that because I know, Keith, you have a lot of opinions on that. Um, I look at that wide receiver room, and I heard they're even trying to keep Corey Davis still. I yeah. think Joe Douglas is just trying to be as elaborate as he can be and, and bring as much options as he can to this offense and to Aaron Rodgers. So I love what, what this is. And so to your back to the original question, do I think that it's comparable? Yes, because Elijah Moore did not do anything for us last season. Yeah. That's why. That's the thing also kind of lost in the shuffle here is that even though Elijah Moore was playing with bad quarterbacks, so was Garrett Wilson, and Garrett Wilson won the Offensive Rookie of the Year and was one of the best receivers in the league down the second half of the season. So um, I'm not saying Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore are necessarily comparable, but I don't know, man. I, I think that uh, I think Hardman can really help us here, and I think he will. Over 2,000 yards in his career, 16 touchdowns in his career. Guys, when you look at last season, I wrote this down today, after Garrett Wilson, guys, um, Corey Davis was our second leading receiver. Last season, he had 536 yards. He missed a few games. Then Elijah Moore with 446. And then Mims with 186. You know? And, I mean, that's that's a tough spot to be in with your jet wide receiver talent. I think next year the wide receiver is going to look a lot better. And to our point, our boy just mentioned there, um, getting into Odell. Let's talk about it, man. Because today, him him and Ezekiel Elliott, man, um, they have been rumored big time. Today, yesterday, and next year, they want to come to the Jets. They're interested in coming to the Jets, which is just so great to see that guys of that elk having interest in us like that. If you look at most of these free agent lists right now, um, Odell Beckham's one, two, three, four, five in the top five for the best free agent still remaining. Uh, you know, this second wave of free agency, the Jets have about $10.8 million still. Whether or not they cut Corey Davis, we'll see what happens. But this second, I mentioned this last week in the past, we've said this too. This second and third kind of wave of free agency after everyone goes out and makes those big spendings, right? This is kind of where you make your hay as a GM. 
That's and, right. you, you know, that's kind of where you prove your worth here. Now, Odell Beckham, Mike, I know, said that $4 million might not be enough to get him. We have 10.8. We still have to bring Rodgers in. A lot up in the mix here. But say we're just going to consider Odell. Like a lot of our friends kind of set out knee-jerk reaction text Mike. They want nothing to do with Beckham. Off the field issues they're bringing up and things of that nature. Wookie knows them very well. Wookie's a giant fan. He can probably chronicle all the stuff that went on with Beckham off the field. But I just I just want to just mention this now. The time that he was with the Browns, with Baker Mayfield stinking it up, I know his dad tweeted out something one time kind of criticizing Baker. But I'm not going to really put that on Dell Beckham. His, his tenure there, even though the Browns, and you guys can look into this, me and Mike have spoken about this, they kind of botched his first knee surgery, the Browns doctors. Oh, Bell Beckham didn't complain, didn't make a big deal about it, didn't put them on blast. And that knee injury kind of lingered. He got injured in the Super Bowl again. He just got that cleared up last year. And then what you heard from his time with the Rams is that he was a tremendous teammate. So I think people kind of can mature in this league. Your stigma in your first, second, third, fourth, fifth year doesn't necessarily have to be your stigma when you're in your eighth or ninth year after you've gone through some ups and downs like he has. And I think people should just kind of look at it more of an open mind when it comes to Beckham because what he might be able to provide us in the field, like like one of our boys just mentioned a moment ago on the screen there, and I'm sorry I didn't see the name because I was rambling on and on, is that he did help the Rams win a Super Bowl. He was the best player in that game before he got hurt with the knee injury. Um, the, guys know, the guy knows how to play. You know, he's an entire year removed now from the surgery. Usually it takes that one year to heal. He's past that one year. I don't know. I, I would consider Odell for sure. If we're bringing in Rodgers, kind of a no-brainer. Uh, if you had Odell Beckham and you had McCole Hardman and you had Alan Lazard, that's enough. We also have Garrett Wilson. Those, those four guys, I mean, that would be that would be a nightmare for the teams. If you add Tyler Conklin to the mix, who was a pretty good receiving weapon last year, I'd be for that. What do you think? Well, you're a Giant fan. You dealt with Odell and all his issues in the first half of his career where it just seemed like, look, he just got himself into something every offseason. Every other month, something was happening. Tremendous talent, as we know, uh, but kind of always was in the headlines for negative reasons on the field, off the field. The last three or four years, not so much, but he's been banged up. You think he's somebody the Jets should consider, especially if they're bringing Aaron Rodgers in? I think it's uh, it's it's a no-brainer if you can work it out where it's not going to you know destroy you financially. Especially if you're if you're, if you're hell bent on trying to keep Corey Davis, um, but I, I have to imagine if 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 he knew for certain Rogers was was here one hundred percent, which we can't say yet, obviously. But um, I would I'd be willing to bet if he wants to play with him that badly, he he knows he's got an opportunity for a chip with that defense that he will take a little bit less. Maybe four million is not going to be enough, but maybe he was looking for ten. He hey, you know, I'll come by for eight if Rogers is going to be here, you know. Um, and to his early career, yeah, I mean, it didn't look pretty at times. It, I mean, I, I was fed up with him. I was, I wasn't, you know, sad to see him go when he got moved. Uh, but to your point earlier, not to say that he couldn't have grown uh, as a person and a player in in, the, in that span since when he left the Giants and where he's at now. Uh, he's a year off that injury. Um, it should be all taken care of the right way now. He's a tremendous asset, as everybody knows, when he's healthy and. His time with the Rams, they said he was a great teammate. He was the best player in that Super Bowl. So if you get that Odell, it's just a no-brainer. Yeah, and when you saw him, Odell Beckham isn't the 2014-15-16 Odell Beckham, but when you saw him as kind of that second fiddle for Cooper Cup, he was he did great. I mean, the last eight or nine game run he had with the Rams, he had a touchdown pretty much every other game. Sammy, what are you thinking here? We got Garrett Wilson, we brought Hardman in, they got Alan Lazard. You think Odell Beckham is someone you even need? To add to the mix? 
Are you worried about anything off the field stuff, or you think that's just all old news and he's just trying to go somewhere he can win a Super Bowl? Yeah, I'm not too worried about uh, his behavior and stuff at all. I think bringing a veteran presence into the wide receiver room might be nice. I think his relationship with Aaron Rodgers would dissuade him from uh, having any behavioral issues, especially if he felt like there was a real shot because, you know, like he's always just chasing the chip at this point. Um, He's a little bit older. I I am worried that he's taking a year off and over a year. Um, I'm worried about like how he's going to translate back to game speed and sort of like yeah. Everybody's still younger than you. You know, like you've gotten older, everybody's gotten younger. So that that that's you know, that's something that we're thinking about. I think I wouldn't pay him eight. I I'd say like listen, you don't want four, I give you five, maybe six, but like you know we need the cap space for this dude. So if you want to play here, like take the hit and potentially win the chip. Like, yeah, that's a good point. I'm cool with it, you know, but I don't think we necessarily um need him but we need another guy i think in that room if they get rid of davis well i let me let me challenge that for a second because i know that obviously odell beckham jr did, has not produced at the level he was producing when he was a rookie you know he hit the scene the guy was 1300 yards coming off his very first game, year the second year 1450 third year 1367. i mean this guy was killing it right out the bat then he had a hurt year, and then he had two another 2,000-yard seasons. And then after that, it was 300, 500, 200, 300, right? Because he was hurt, whatever. Yep. You go to the yards per game, same thing. I mean, the yards, yards per game came down significantly over the years. But can I say something? Yards per reception. See, this to me is what really strikes value. How? What, what do you execute when in within an offense so when you receive the ball how far can you get to advance the team right so even in his muck with 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 uh uh baker mayfield and on the browns and and being hurt and everything listen to the yards per reception he started off with 14.3 went up to 15.1 13.5 13.7 14.0 you hear something 12.1 interesting did i did i deviate a lot i I just read off all his numbers every single year so so i understand that he hasn't but when he's catching the ball it seems consistent from a yards per reception perspective i know he's not the same guy i know he's not the same guy i know he's got hurt but i don't believe especially the eye test what I saw in the Super Bowl, he was on his way for MVP, period. Everybody no. on here knows that. You saw that before you hurt his knee, I mean, he was killing it. So if we get 80% of that with Garrett and Miko and Lazard and Corey, with Rodgers, with Uzama and Brees Hall. I don't know how they would fit all these guys in there and keep Corey Davis. In my mind, to be able to sign Rodgers and Beckham, that ten million dollars of his contract's gonna have to go. But who? Joe Douglas has worked magic before. We'll see. Mike, you know, fifty-six touchdowns in Beckham's career. That's a lot of touchdowns. It is five hundred and thirty-one catches, and this is a guy that's missed portions of pretty much. You know what? six of the nine seasons he's been in the NFL. I mean, so he's productive when he's out there to Mike's point. 
I think another spot we're going to have to keep some, hopefully keep some salary cap space locked down for is another running back, which might, I know maybe Jet fans in the know kind of know where we're headed with this, but Brees Hall um, coming back from the knee surgery. Now, my buddy tweeted out um, last week, it was a graphic about all the running backs year, top running backs in the past, their year after coming back from surgery, how they perform. Now, outside you know of age, did that, you know why he did that. I know why he did that, but he, a snap, he a did snap. it so subtly, and you know exactly what that dig was at. Okay, and and so I don't. Well, Mike, you don't. Everything in the world is not done with some other intention. Sometimes people just tweet these things out, right? You gotta you gotta relax yourself, and that has nothing to do with what we're talking about right now with our show. My point is that the stat is the stat. And you saw Adrian Peterson played well after, but he's he's a freak of nature. Todd Gurley, I think he hurt his knee before his rookie season. That kind of was his rookie year. Dalvin Cook wasn't bad. And then after that, I mean, really, everybody else you see after that knee surgery, um, Dobbins, uh, Gio Bernard, you know, a lot, a lot of these different guys, most guys come back and don't perform at the same level. So I know our boy hurt himself last year. It was about the sixth game of the year, seventh game of the year. So whether he's back 100% by the beginning of the year, we don't know, Brees Hall. But I do know we're going to need another running back in here. Guys, Michael Carter last year, for all running backs that qualified with the amount of carries, was last in the NFL in yards per carry, 3.5. Now, the year before that, he wasn't that great either. But towards the end of the year, he improved. But last year, he was 3.5, guys. 3.5! Breaking news. What? Hopkins going to Buffalo? That's not real. That's not real. I'm looking now. I think Diggs is history. Now that I'm seeing that, because he's got problems. He deleted all his stuff already? That's a problem. That's a problem, Hopkins going to Buffalo right there. I don't like to see that, guys. I don't see it on Twitter, so I'll I'll tell you. We'll we'll, we'll wait and see what happens. But I I know this one thing, guys, is Michael Carter is not a viable every down backup to Brees Hall if Brees Hall goes down. Van Knight wasn't bad last year. If you look at his first, what, his first um, few games he had, he was killing it. The last three games he had, he pretty much got stuffed. So, I don't know, Mike, you were talking about Ezekiel Elliott earlier. Rumors of him coming to the New York Jets. What are you feeling about that? We haven't spoken too much about Zeke. I know this is kind of a new development. They just let him go, the Cowboys. His yards per carry last year, I know, was below four, which was low for him. Still had 12 touchdowns, still had four receiving touchdowns. Not that many catches, but has a nose for the end zone, Mike. Um, Is that someone you think, considering our struggles last year, inside the five, which we were just completely atrocious. I don't even want to talk about the Viking game. I want to block out of my mind for the rest of my life. Uh, Mike, do you think that's someone that would be a good addition or to some of these other guys that are out there, uh, maybe like a Kareem Hunt? I know Fournette's still out there. Kenyon Drake's still out there. There's still some decent running backs out there. Do you think that of all these guys that are out kind of floating still in the mix, is Elliott the best running back available if we were to add a veteran? Yeah, I would rank it like this. If I had my choice, I would trade or get um... – uh, Derrick Henry, obviously, that would be my number one choice to match up with Brees. My number two would be Kareem Hunt, and my number three would probably be Zeke. And I yeah. say Zeke, we know Zeke doesn't have the full burst speed. We don't really need that. We got Brees to do that. But he, yeah. like he said, he has a nose for the end zone. You get him anywhere within the 10, 8, 6-yard line, he's going to get in there. So I would I would take him. You know, I mean, uh, I, I'd rather have a Kareem Hunt or a, a Derrick Henry, obviously, but... Uh, yeah, I, I would say he would be probably my third choice out there uh, in free agency. Sammy, do you have a favorite, man? When I was talking with this about to Mike also, I kind of like, when I looked at all the guys that are still available, um, Kareem Hunt somebody that didn't have that much wear and tear last year. 
He's been a backup there at Chubb. Just it was not last season, but the year before, he averaged four point nine yards a carry. Our boy Kareem Hunt didn't get too much burn last year, but Elliott higher profile, sixty eight touchdowns in his career for Ezekiel Elliott. You're talking about a guy over eight thousand yards rushing. Of all these free agent running backs floating out there, Sammy. First of all, do you think we need to grab one of them? And secondly, if you do, which one do you prefer? Um, I think it. I think we should grab one of them. Um, I don't think we necessarily need it. I'd, I'd like to see them again spend that money on like a center, um, if I'm being honest. But Kareem Hunt would be the guy at the top of my list, uh, mainly because he can run the ball and he can catch the ball in the backfield. Yeah. And I just feel like Carter is not that viable number two guy for us. Uh, so I think having a guy like Kareem Hunt in who on third down might break one for 20. Uh, and like like we said, Elliot's a touchdown machine, but I don't know if he's got the legs to really do that anymore. Um, so I think adding a guy like Kareem Hunt who can kind of do both would probably be more in tune with what we're going to try and do offensively especially when you bring a guy like Hardman in who's good at, like, screens and outside sweet runs. So, uh, Hunt would be my top choice if we were at a running back for sure. Yeah, that's a good point. I think and Mike mentioned before that Elliott's receiving numbers last year probably the lowest of his career. Historically, pretty decent receiving. Last year, not so much. But Hunt in his career, 211 receptions for 1,800 yards. I mean, that's, that's a guy you can count on out of the backfield, man. I think he still has the burst. There's other guys in the mix. It might be somebody that we can't afford to hunt. And if you're talking trades, though, Mike, a Derrick Henry or Dalvin Cook, I know it might sound completely nuts to Jet fans considering that we have Reese Hall. But the numbers aren't great for running backs, man, that year after an ACL. And most teams have two running backs. Right. And it seems, it seems like a hole to me. I like Van Knight also. Michael Carter, I don't know. I mean, him and Brees Hall, Mike, when the Ezekiel Elliott news came out, they're both tweeting out, hey, we're good. We're fine. It's like, Michael Carter, I, I mean, I love you, bro. But you were the worst running back in the league last year, yards per carry. So relax. I'm, I'm sure you're fine because you're still getting paid and you were the worst. But I, we could do a little bit better than your, your you know, your 3.5 and your 5'8", 190 pounds. I'd rather have Ezekiel Elliott getting a below four but still getting touchdowns for me. Um, and there's some other guys out there, like I mentioned. Melvin Gordon's out there. He's a little older. Kenyon Drake's still out there, guys. Leonard Fournette. He's always had some weight issues, but, man, he's one of those guys, hit or miss. One game he's great, the next game he's not. Um, and the, the Zeke thing, I don't know, that would be nuts. That would be crazy, man. I want Zeke or I want Kareem in here. I know, Sammy, you mentioned center as a big hole for us. And they'd say, so I'm going to get into it in a minute, um, some of the guys that get signed, kind of like second string level centers here. I think that might be somewhere we look in the draft. Uh, that's the biggest hole we have right now. McGovern's still a free agent. They could always bring him back. If he hasn't signed somewhere else, I'm surprised he's not signed anywhere yet. But, Mike, when you look around the, the league here at the Jets, I think our biggest hole right now probably would be that center position. I think linebacker is another spot we could probably improve. Maybe safety. But I don't know if we're sitting here with glaring holes right now. Bring back Mangold. He's still better than half the league. Hell yeah, man. And last time I saw Mangold, too, he looked like he was about 360. So I think he's ready to get in there. I think he's ready. I think he's ready to get those three fingers in the dirt again and start laying people out, man. He has a wild look in his eye. We look around the NFL, though, guys, um, at our division at least. I was doing a little research here, um, looking at some of the guys other teams grab. Now, if Hopkins went to the Bills, bit of a game changer for sure, especially if they. Hold on to digs. That'd be something else. But when you, I was looking at some of the other guys that were signed to our competitors here, and when you look at Buffalo guys, not too many big signings. They did help out their offensive line. The other Connor McGovern 
from the Cowboys. They signed in. Um, they brought Hardy in, a wide receiver. And if they brought in Hopkins, that would be something. Miami, though, they went heavy on Jets. They brought in White. They brought in Barrios. They brought in Feeney. Um, they re-signed both their running backs from last year, Mostert and Jeff Wilson. No big signings for either of those teams. Same thing with the Patriots, guys. No one in our division has changed their rosters too much from last year. Probably the Jets will be the most changed team going into next year out of all four teams by far. The biggest contract the Patriots handed out was the Juju Smith. Three-year, $25 million. Even though they could have just re-signed Jacoby Myers, I have no idea what's going on there. Um, they also brought back Jones. Their, their cornerback gave him two years, $19 million, And they brought Jabril Peppers in. And also Mike Zicki, one year, $4 million. Those are really the signings for the AFCs. Just sticking with the Jets here, though. Talking about guys that we lost, Mike. Nathan Shepard. Three years, 15 mil? Yeah. For the Canadian so, Thanos? I know I know that we've been saying center is the biggest hole. And honestly, uh, if we look at um, the draft, the draft is actually center heavy. There's it a is. lot of centers in this draft. So I feel like we're going to be able to take care of business there. I would actually say that our defensive tackle unit. Depth, especially. Yeah, how bad. We lost, we lost. Yeah, we lost Rankins, too. Yeah. And can Canadian Thanos. So now yeah. we just have Quinn in. And, you know, we got Solomon Thomas on a one-year deal. We've got, um, obviously, our def- young defensive ends that are still there. But we don't really have any major run stoppers. Our, our Folu Foli Patukasi, our, you know, we got we still got our young the young guy that got drafted in the seventh round. Why am I forgetting his name? Who's the guy I love? Um, young, young kid. Um, I'm still got him. He's nasty. But um, other than that, we got to get a defensive tackle. I saw that there has been talk about trying to get Calais Campbell in here. Um, I'm going to tell you one thing in the draft, and I know we haven't even talked draft right now, but you know that the best prospect in the draft, that defensive tackle who ended up get, almost getting in trouble for killing a person uh, or being part of, you know, racing and someone died. Uh, his yeah, project. His stock, his stock is dropping significantly. They all had him projected yeah, sure. to go to the Bills at one. I mean, the the Bears at one. If he falls to to us at thirteen, man, that would be a pretty big pickup. I don't know if he's going to end up falling to us. He had a pro day and he was overweight, but we'll see. The defensive tackle is definitely an issue too, Mike. You lost Rankins. He 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 left for one year, nine million to Houston. Like I said, Nathan Shepard, three year, fifteen million dollars, went over to the Saints. Uh, Nate Herbig, I know last year is kind of a guy they plucked out of nowhere. I would have, I wish they brought him back. I liked him a lot. Two years, eight million dollars to Pittsburgh. We know Mike White's gone. We know James Robinson went to the Pats, guys, and, and we got Berrios going over to Miami. So, um, all those guys are the main guys that left. And so far as signings, now they brought in Schweitzer from Washington. He's a center. I don't know if he's going to be really competing for a starting job, Mike. He seems like he's more of a depth guy. Um, the same thing with Colon Casillo. He's a center they brought in also. Probably another depth guy. Solomon Thomas, you know, we brought back. Zerline, we brought back, guys. Nicole Hardman, Lazard. And basically, look, Hardman and Lazard's our biggest signings. And the Jets are just in a holding pattern, unfortunately. Kind of waiting to see what's going on here with Aaron Rodgers. All the other movements around the squad seem to be getting Rodgers uh, in preparation for Rodgers. And even getting these picks. Now, I don't know if it signals that that 13th pick is going to have to go. I really hope they don't have to give up a first. It, I, it would be crazy for me to think they'd have to give up two firsts. We talked all about that last week, guys. If you want to go back to last week's episode, we broke that down pretty deep. But if they do have to give up 13, Mike, still having 42 and 43 is a decent spot to be in. 
to fill some of these holes we're talking about. I don't think like other years we're just loaded up with all these different spots they got to fix. I think we're pretty good in most places. QB, giant question mark right now. Offensive line, how it's going to come together. I mean, because if you look at the line, Becton and Dwayne Brown, I guess right now, technically, are your left tackles on the depth chart. Uh, Max Mitchell, I bet you, is the right tackle on the depth chart. Uh, we know Lick and Tomlinson's there at guard. We know ABT's at guard, and center is kind of a big hole. So that's where we got to figure out, and then the, the defensive tackle spot. And besides that, man, I mean, look, if you got Aaron Rodgers in there, he's going to cover up a lot of problems. So, I mean, every week until he signs, we're going to have to come on here and talk about what it will be like to maybe have him, even though he already said he wants to come here. It's a confusing situation. It's a confusing situation, guys. We've never we've never been in a scenario like this. But you know, it's like it's like being Mike. It's like being in a long distance relationship where you're committed to someone, but you don't see them. I don't get to I don't get to see him and touch him and understand what's going on. It's just from a distance at this point. You know, it's not locked in. So I, I'm excited, man. I, I'm, I just can't wait until it's official because in the way we talk about everything and structure everything and all Jet fans. The way we filter everything through our minds about the squad changes. Second, that's official, Mike. Second, it's official. That's what happens. Go ahead, Mike. You, I'm sorry. Let me ask ahead. you. Let me ask you, or let me ask Wookie a question. Um, you know, they get Rogers. Obviously, the Jets are going to be prime time. But if they get Rogers, if they get OBJ, and they get Zeke, are the Jets the most attractive, sexiest team out there to the media? I mean, it's not something I really care about, but. I'm just thinking about all these divas, these 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 old superstars all on one team. It's kind of like the freaking Toontown, the, the 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 Space Jam team. Like it's wild, man. Oh, well, I mean, and rightfully so. Like the media should be able to have a good time with something like this. Finally, it looks like you're going to have a solid team for at least as long as Rodgers is going to be there. The defense is unbelievable. You got a lot of young talent. So yeah, I mean, I. I don't. I, I wouldn't mind, you know, the local the local media all of a sudden having a, a you know what over uh, the, the Jets being really great. Um, it, they, you know, you guys deserve it, and let the media rock out with that too, divas or not. Yeah, yeah, I like Wait, it. Yeah. Keith, Keith you Go forgot ahead. to mention that they're shopping your boy after signing Morstead. They're shopping Braden Man, your boy. Yeah. Oh. Don't even let this cat get. Anything back for Braden Man. Don't son. I'll build we're building a statue for Jimmy. I'll say this. Obviously, punter stats from college don't necessarily carry over to the pros. I don't know why that would be. I don't know how your leg in one field is different from going to the pros. I don't even know how he stinks as a punter pretty much in the pros, but that is what happened. If they can if he gets shipped out, I will be upset, Sammy, because that entire draft class, I believe, Mike, what year was that? 2020 or 2019? 2021. No, no, no. He was not. No, no, was, that was he Becton? Was he Becton year? It was Becton year. Oh, exactly. 20. 20. Yeah, 20. So it would be officially every single pick was meh. <laughs> That's a completely blown draft. If theoretically he was to be traded. I mean, at least he, at least he was contributing to the team. Becton's given us absolutely nothing. And guys, look, we're going to get out of here in a sec. I just want to say some of the other free agents out there right now. I'm just going to throw some names out there. You guys tell me if any of these guys interest you at all, right? These are the top 10, excuse me, top 11 guys according to PFF still out there. We talked about Beckham already. DJ Shark is still out there, wide receiver. Um, Isaiah Wynn, offensive tackle. I don't know if that's the direction we're going to be looking. Kyle Van Noy, linebacker from the Cowboys. Someone that could maybe help us. Um, Yannick Ngakwe, who we spoke about maybe last year coming to the Jets. He's a free agent, guys. Justin Houston, another defensive end, still a free agent. Jadavion Clowney, 
the highest rated guy still out there as a free agent. Never got double digit sacks at any point in his career, but still really good against the run. Like a bunch it. of other names got still floating out there, guys. Marcus Peters at corner still out there. Uh, when I tried to look at the defensive tackle spot, not many, not, not too many talented dudes out there. Mike, are there any names on this list or out there in the world of free agency people maybe aren't mentioning or maybe on this list that people are mentioning that you're interested in the Jets talking to? Yeah, Clowney would be a great uh, addition, I feel like, um, just because we just talked about the run defense that we're lacking. He's really, really good at that. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that Joe Douglas really is focused on trying to get Rodgers in here. He's going to beef up the, the offensive line, make sure that that gets straight. And then he's going to pull out some of the rest of the defense, like we were talking about, defensive tackle, linebacker. And I don't think he's going to be splurging a lot in, in free agency. I think he's just going to bring back most of his guys and then just draft. There may be a couple of guys you just talked about that could end up joining the game. Joining the Jets, like yeah. a maybe a Bluffanoi or or what have you, but um, I, I think what potentially is going to happen is we're going to get a running back, we're going to get another receiver, and I think we're going to get someone on the O line, and uh, and then probably someone on the D line, whether whether it be through draft or through free agency, um, you're going to see additions to the team in those areas. And then, uh, and then we're gonna go in, man. And and I hope this deal gets done with Rodgers. Um, I think Joe Douglas is just saying, I'm not going to pay a first round pick. Yeah. Green Bay, you can try to swindle what you want to swindle. I'm not moving, and he shouldn't move. And you want to know something? If we lose Rodgers because of it, so be it. Like I, I will, will. I'm sure there's another option that he has. Uh, to put the team on. I know we're all excited about Rodgers, but we're not giving up first-round picks and, and just destroying our entire, you know, backdrop just because, you know, the Packers are trying to get cute. They're yeah. stuck about up against the corner. Ain't nobody trying to pay that that man's uh, contract, and ain't nobody going to pick pick him up and trade for him. So they know the Jets are their only answer. So I, I very much appreciate what JD's doing. Hold to your guns. And then come up with a plan. I mean, if you want to swap first round picks, if you want to get a conditional, you know, first next year based on making the Super Bowl, that's what I would do. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Uh, so, yo, like I've seen out. that, I've seen that kind of mentioned too is the swapping of the first and then giving Ooh. them a second this year or next year. Um, Ronnie, look, man, if the Jets could go after Lamar, if the Jets could go after Lamar, go after, of course you go after Lamar. That's not even, we're not discussing it because we know, everyone knows that's the obvious answer. He's younger. Don't get Sammy started. Don't get Sammy started on this topic right now. I just don't think that's realistic at this point. I don't, I, I think, I think Ronnie, I think teams, not even has to do with the Jets. I think teams are scared of that whole situation for a few reasons. One, injury concerns. And he has played, you know, the last two or three years, he's not been able to play a full season. His style of play, and then the fact that he's kind of negotiating on his own behalf or he's having his mom negotiate. But imagine Lamar, Zeke, and OBJ. Oh, Come on. You talk about New York show stopping? I'm talking about headlines right now. You want to talk about headlines? <laughs> and you Come throw Saucy Gary Wilson in the mix and Quinnen? I mean, that's just. Jets become a squad that kids who like live in Sacramento are playing and using in Madden. You know what I'm saying? Not just New York cats. Everyone be like, yo, I'm using the Jets to just scrape you at Madden right now. 
Because the Oxygen is going to be like a 98. You know what I'm saying, guys? Um, that's crazy. If we had Lamar, would just... Rodgers brings us there. If we had Lamar, though, that would just be... That'd be a whole different story, guys. I think there's a lot of... There must be something... I'll, I'll say this. The fact that you saw the Jets trade away Elijah Moore the way they did, I think Joe Douglas is not just lip service from him in the front office insofar as they want people to be leaders and act a certain way off the field. And I'm not saying Lamar Jackson has anything off the field bad. He has not. I'm just dreaming that not playing in the playoffs, kind of using that as a negotiation tactic when you just have a strained MCL. There's 70-year-old men playing pickleball with strained MCLs. You know this top-level athlete could have played. No problem. He was out for five weeks. Right. Uh, I, I, I know that is the reason the Ravens are like, yeah, go talk to other teams. Because that changes the perception, your teammates' perception of you, um, the league's perception of you. And I think not just Joe Douglas, a lot of GMs are hesitant because of that. We mentioned it last year when it happened. And one of our buddies, Dwayne, and some other friends of ours were like, oh, no, I get it. You know, in the playoffs, that's not when you're, like, making a negotiation play for your contract the next year. That's when you're lined up with your boys you've been practicing with for four or five years in the trenches with battling with and you go to war with them that week. You, you, the other stuff you put it. You just break up. And you wait into the playoffs. I mean, that, that's just, I think that's a bad look. I didn't mean to go on forever, Mike. I'm sorry, but um, I think that's the reason a lot of teams are a little hesitant when it comes to Lamar though. Yeah. Agreed. All right, boys. I think we covered everything. Jets related. NFL related. Hopefully by next week, there's some more news to drop on you. Look, right when Aaron Rodgers gets signed to the Jets or traded, just we're doing a show that day, probably immediately. Whatever me and Mike are doing, so um, we'll be on the air immediately, guys. But that's all we got for you this week, Mike. If anyone doesn't want to get at us or support us in any way, shape, or form, how can they do that? Hey guys, we really appreciate all the likes and listens. We're on YouTube. Please subscribe and, and give us a like. We're on Facebook at ABG Jets Radio. We're on Twitter at AEBG underscore NYJ podcast. And we're on Instagram at jet.aebg. That's right, man. We always appreciate all the likes, the listens, the views, all the support, man, especially in the off-season. Guys, guys are the best. All the AEBG, AEBG fans are the best. Um, let me give a shout-out, too, to my wife in Vegas who's watching right now. We're separated, honey. I love you. I'll see you when you get back next week. On behalf of the biggest Jet fan in the state of Texas, Michael Lagaris, on behalf of the number one tight end in the history of college football, the big looking Nick Kronk, and the greatest high school football coach in the nation today, Samuel Hare. My name is Keith Farrell. Good you next week, everybody. Peace out.